Think about yourself in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August to November and start praising the name of the Lord. Begin to thank God for yourself. Father, we exalt and magnify your holy name. Our God and our King, we honor you, O Lord. We praise you, O God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your honor. Thank God for January. Thank God for February. Thank God for March. Thank God for April. Thank God for May. Thank God for June. If it is not the Lord who has been for us, let Christ's faith tabernacle see. Oh Lord our God, how majestic is your name. We give you the praise and honor and glory. We bless you, our God and our King. Thank you for the clouds, the sky that is blue. Thank you for the trees. Thank you for the birds that sing. Thank you for the sea. Thank you for the air we breathe. Thank you for your peace in our body. Thank you for the success you have given us. Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh God, my King, we bless your name. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Father, be thou exalted. Be thou exalted. Be thou exalted, O God. Jehovah, we exalt you. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praised. Our God and our King, we just thank you. We have a cause to celebrate you. Because in the midst of Christ with Tabernacle, you are God. This is a house that does not need to invite a prophet from outside to hear the voice of the living God. For you are the prophet in the midst of all that speak through our lips, things that are yet to happen over nations, over peoples. We thank you, Father, that we don't need to bring a healing evangelist because you are the healer in the midst of us. But the miracles of healing you have done in this church, Father, from beginning of this year, to this very hour. We thank you that we don't need to bring a teacher here to this pulpit. Because you are the one that teaches us what is best for us. For the teaching that I've gone out of this altar to transform lives. To bring many to your kingdom. We thank you for upholding us with your righteous right hand. We thank you for giving us integrity in ministry. In these days of falling away. That many people are falling away from grace to grass. Our God and King, we thank you for not allowing the devil to deceive us. Father, we bless and glorify your holy name. For the marriages that were wrought in this church this year. For the children that are born in this place this year. Father God, for being with us and are going on and are coming in. For the way you have blessed us. Those who graduated this year. Those who found jobs this year. Those who were promoted this year. Lord, life that we are restored. People who were saved this year through this ministry. Father, we bless you. If we have 10,000 tongues. 
They are not enough to praise your name. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying. Turn the song beside you and welcome them in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Father. Please, you can take your seats. Thank you for protecting us in this time of foreign. We take your seats in the heavenly places. I feel like changing the message I want to teach you, but I will not. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will talk about this hopefully in the new year. Falling away, the end time. And then we'll begin the new year looking at the end time, the devices of Satan in the last days. Amen. But this morning, this morning I want to continue to teach you on destiny, your destiny. And the topic of today is, your destiny is ordained by God. Your destiny is ordained by God. Well, over this period that I've been teaching you on destiny, I have taught you last week on the fact that your destiny is certain. I believe very much that God wants me to drive in more on this issue of destiny. Though what I have here today, I cannot finish teaching it. But by the grace of God, before the end of December, I should cover extensively. One of the things that we have learned in the past is that our destiny is written by God, isn't it? And we recognize from the book of Jeremiah 29 verse 11, many information about destiny. But today, we go straight into some areas I want us to look, like an overview. The first thing is this, write it down. God formed you in your mother's womb. God formed you in your mother's womb. Write that down. It says in the book of Psalm 139, verse 13 to verse 16. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that, I know that fully well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the sacred place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed bodies. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, this scripture tells you and I that God formed us in, the, in, the, in our mother's womb. When does life begin? According to this scripture, life begins from fertilization. When the egg of a woman is fertilized, then life begins. That's the reason why to abort or to terminate a pregnancy at any stage is murder. Anybody who is a scientist who does not know this, doesn't know science. Because the egg <coughs> with the photos of a woman comes out from the ovary and goes out of the womb without any obstruction. But if the spermatozoa of a man will intersect with the, with the, with the fetus, 
It changes direction. Rather than going out as menstruation, it changes direction back and locate itself somewhere within the womb lining. If you tell me that that egg does not have sense, I will tell you to prove to me by what does it know where to locate itself. From basic normal science. What happens is that for the fact that the normal course of action has changed, that has been triggered by something. And we understand the fact that not only does it change its course to attach itself to the woman, it does that because that fetus now recognizes that life has come into it and that life is looking for survival. So he has to be attached to the body that was throwing him away so that he can continue to live. From fertilization of ovary, life begins. That's the reason why the Bible tells us here. It says, <clears throat> I read it again from the first verse. You created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Verse 15 says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Then he says, verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. So which means that before God gives that new life a body, God saw it. God is the one. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't come to be by Big Bang. We came to be by God banging it together. Hallelujah, somebody. Now can I go forward and say to you, because of the Christian, the white Christian belief about euthanasia, there are four. When is the appropriate time to terminate a pregnancy? There is no appropriate time. Because from, from fertilization, life begins. Now I'll help you understand this, therefore. What about if a woman was raped and it led to conception? What about in Nigeria and some other countries in Syria? Some people were victims of these fundamentalists who went and raped their women and they conceived by it. What about in some part in Nigeria we had issues where our robbers went to somebody's house and raped the wife and a conception came out of it. Is it legitimate to abort the pregnancy? Now, this is the question we have to ask to, ask, to answer that question. Did God put life in that pregnancy? If the answer is yes, the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt not kill. For any reason, do you know something? If we agree that such child should be aborted, she is a child of a mother. What about the child that was conceived by a, a, a ruthless woman who slept with several men and did not know who is the father? Should that child be deprived of life? My Bible tells me, if you say yes, then you have murdered. What about if that child is the destiny child that will give that mother life in the future? If the destiny of that mother 
hands on that child and you decide to kill that child, then the destiny of the mother is abrogated. You know something? Why we can look at as human that it will be a bad memory. Yes. At the same time, the new life has the right to live. So, under probability of balance now, which one should prevail? To kill an innocent child because of the unjust method that brought him forth? Or to allow the child to live and turn the mystery, alright, of that child, the demise of that child, to praise? I think to let that child live is the will of God. Why would I say so? The next verse tells me that God has planned for every child that he sends to the world. Jeremiah 29, 11. God has a plan for your life. The fourth thing you wrote down is that God formed you from the womb, your mother's womb. Second thing is that God has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29:11 it says for I know the plans I have for you <clears throat> declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future now this scripture tells me that God has a plan for every life he sends to the world if you connect that with the book of Psalm 139 now if God has planned for every life, it does not matter how the life came. They gave me now in the area of conception and all stuff like that. Once a life emerges in the womb of a woman, God has a destiny embedded in that spirit. It could be the solution to humanity. He may be born by prostitutes, he may be born from, from promiscuity, he may be born out of wickedness, but that child had done nothing. And God has a destiny for such a child. I now speak to people who may be hearing me across the globe, or maybe here, who have been hurt in their heart because they don't know their father. Let me say something to you. There are people who know their father and their father is useless. Really, there are some people who know their father and their father is the greatest pain to their existence. So if you don't know your father, that should not give you any heart. You still have a destiny. If you don't know your father, that shouldn't make you hate your mother. She was a victim of situation and circumstance. And because you don't know your father, shouldn't make you a useless man on earth. That's the reason why you must make sure you determine that because you went through this situation in life, you will not allow a child to go through that situation. And you will make a determination to succeed in life. So that people can know that good things can come out of Nazareth. Listen to me, therefore, God has a plan for your life. Now, I've extensively opened up about that in the last two lectures. The first thing is that God has a plan, and He says, I know the plan I have. Only God knows His plan for you, and He put it in your spirit. Remember, I told you, God will be there for you when you are born, and He will wait, he will wait for you at destiny. But within you and the destiny, within the beginning and the end, is you. You know, during this week, if you are not, uh, you were not in the victory, uh, victory night, something very interesting that came again and again 
One of them is from the book of, um, uh, in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 48. It says in verse 7, Thus says the Lord, your, your, your Redeemer, the one of Israel, I am the Lord, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, or who teaches you what is best for you. <coughs> it teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, and who directs you in the way you should go. And Psalm 32 verse 8, which was led by one of the elders in prayer this morning. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. So we understand by the evidence of those two scriptures and other scriptures, that between your birth and your destiny, the arms of God is open to you to lead and guide you and I. And I have explained to you in the previous lectures the reason why people are frustrated, especially those who are born again. But as far as Jeremiah is concerned, God is the one who knows his plans for you. And his plan is not to harm you. His plan is to prosper you. And his plan to give you a future. But having said that, let's go to the next line. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 45. Verse 4 to 5. This one tells you that your destiny has been pre-programmed by God. It says, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So, everyone that God sent to this world, God has an appointment over them. God has a destiny over them. Come on now. And that Psalms I read to you and Isaiah 48 tells you that that destiny can only be fulfilled if you can hear what God is saying and you can follow his direction. Are we together now? So what does the devil do against Christians? To detract your attention. Let me talk a little bit about distraction. <laughs> Satan will go every length to detract your attention. When God will visit if you are a person who prays, the day God will visit you, visit, Satan will make sure you have another engagement that is useless. You don't go to that meeting. That's what he will do. I told you during this week, you know, if Bartimaeus was not on that road when Jesus was passing that day, he would die blind. The woman with the issue of blood, if she got fed up and she moved from that city that she was and she didn't she was not on that road at the time jesus was passing with jairus she would never be healed you know there was a blind man i showed you during the week who was born blind and everybody was talking about why did he why was he born blind so you know all the generational curses cause people it was his father who sinned no it was his mother who sinned it's a generational curse that's what they were saying and when jesus got there all right Jesus was not interested in why you had a problem. He's interested in solving the problem. And that's what believers ought to be, put their interest in. You must have interest in solving problems, not asking why people have problems. Because if you know why they have problems, what can you do with why? Somebody is in a mess already. 
You are complicating his problem by telling him why he got the problem. Whether there is a mother somewhere or a father or one family which wizard is irrelevant to that person. I told you in my own church, if anybody tells you that you are suffering because of your past sin, tell him, did you not sin in the past too? Whoever that minister may be, ask him, was your past all righteous from when you were born? So, how can God not punish you too for your past that he's punishing me alone? That is not the God I serve. My God is equitable. If he punishes me for my past, he must be punishing you too. For your past. And if he says he has repented, he says, I also have repented, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. The Bible says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, for in Christ Jesus, the Lord of spirit of life has set me free from the Lord of sin and death. I am also, I have also repented of my sins. The Bible says, if God will mark sin, who will stand? But there is mercy with him. All right? So, people are very much interested in why you had a problem. That is not, it's irrelevant to Jesus. But Jesus told them, he spat on the earth, rubbed the eyes of the person, and the the boy was healed. And then they asked Jesus, who sinned? And Jesus said, who sinned? Who told you that every problem comes from somebody who sinned? And Jesus said that this situation was allowed by the Father that God be glorified. Your circumstance of your life will give God glory. But I want to help you understand this. God promised he will, he will have an appointed time to visit you. If you were not there on the day of visitation, nothing happens. You remember last month when we were to go to the Republic of Benin. I canceled the crusade from Tuesday, move it to Friday. All right? When I moved the crusade to Friday because I've been going, 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 I thought I should take a rest. When I got to Lagos, the committee haven't passed up that wrote me that, well, we are, okay, we, are, we are going to start the crusade on Friday. Suddenly he came to me from the airport where I come and said, he said, Daddy, the people of Benin already have said you will start preaching on Thursday. And we are going there on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday we went on Thursday? Yeah? Thursday. So I said, okay. Yeah, Thursday we, we, they moved you to. I said one day is not too much. But little did I know, there is a woman there who had been bent over for 30 years, is it? She could walk bent like this for 30 years or crawl. And God has ordained to heal her on the Thursday. That woman was listening to the radio when I was speaking in the morning. If she was not listening to the radio at the, at the time the Lord was speaking, she even said that when she was listening, you see it on the testimony, she said when she was listening to the radio, and I was talking about Jesus, the miraculous Jesus, she said a thought came to her that another one has come. But then another thing came to her to say that, which said to her, as her mind that, why don't you listen? You can see the tussle between God and the devil in the human mind. So she listened. She said, at the end of the preaching, I said, if you are sick, put your hand where it hurts you. And she said, since I could not rise up, I am bent over. I put my hand on my thigh. Because I'm bent over with severe aches and pain on my legs. And she said, the man of God now prayed. And prayed that God, uh, 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 every pain in the leg, I command him to disappear in the name of Jesus. She said, instantly something moved out of her body. And her legs were healed. Then she said, ah. 
If my leg is healed by praying on radio, I must go to the crusade. She was the first to arrive at the crusade ground, though it took her one and a half hours. She still bends like this. Still bends. She came to the crusade like this. And that day, the Lord healed her. She straightened up. All the terminal disease she had vanished instantly. Pulse was coming out of her mouth before. All those ones stopped straight away. But you see, if she missed that day, she will still be in her condition till today. That's the reason why you cannot miss convocation. If you are a member of Christ the Tabernacle, those listening to me in various churches, I don't know what the what instruction God gave in your church. Those of you who go to a particular church, if the leader of the church says, we are having a meeting first, second, third, don't miss it. If the leader of the church says that we are having a meeting every last Saturday of the morning, don't miss it. You miss it, you delay destiny. Because those who commit themselves to God will come into there now, they don't play with it. And God has appointed a time for various things that He will do. Are you with me now? Therefore, what are we saying? If you look at these scriptures I've read to you, there are three major things that came out of it. Three major things. If God has ordained your destiny before you were born, and if God did not change His mind, and the book of Psalm 145, verse 13, which you read this morning, says what? Let's read together. Your kingdom. So God is faithful to what? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. So which means your destiny that he has promised you, he's faithful to deliver it. What God ordains for you, God will deliver. There are three things you need to do as your obligation. Now rise. Your three obligations to destiny. Your three obligations towards your destiny. The first one is fellowship with God. And that was what I was speaking about the other time. Fellowship with God. The second one is prayer. A life, a, a life of continuous prayer. And the three is seeking God. With all your heart. Now these three things look similar but they are not. Fellowship is love. That is fellowship. Fellowship results as a tie, a bond of love. Really the word sexual intercourse is interpreted to fellowship between a man and a woman. And it gives birth to life. So therefore, fellowship is love. If you fellowship with somebody, it means you are in love with somebody. Are we together now? So, to fellowship with God means you are in love communication with God. That is fellowship. You may come to church and you have no fellowship with God. Because you come as a ritual. 
<laughs> you just come. I'm a member of Christ with Tabernacle. And now, Apostle Williams, you don't know me if you don't operate like me. You only heard of me. You don't know me if you don't see God like me. You only heard of me. You know, when Jesus was on now, there are some people who came to eat. They, have no, they don't care about where Jesus is going. That's not their business. Their business is that Jesus is causing a lot of food to happen. They came. And then when they got food, they said, we shall make him our king. Hallelujah, somebody. There are some, some people like that in church. Listen to me, therefore. The Bible says, fellowship. When you fellowship with somebody, you never miss his appointments. Do you know something? I have a woman I've been fellowshipping with from 1973. I see faces changing now. I can miss your own appointment and just say to you, I'm sorry. I can be late for your appointment and say, I'm sorry. But I can't be late for her appointment because I must give a reason. That is fellowship. If I, if I miss her own appointment, I must tell her why I missed it. If I don't tell her, she will ask me why. Really, I would not like to miss her appointment. Because that's the person I love. From courtship, to marriage, to death. Somebody can come in the midnight and say, that, why are you disturbing me? Another one can come in the midnight and say, what's the matter? What's happened? Because of love. Fellowship. If you ignore the fellowship of saints, you have no fellowship with the God of the saints. Listen to me. You know what I tell you? I always say something to you. We will all die. Look, I was looking at myself in the mirror yesterday. And I saw that my, uh, is it brows you call this one? My wife, it was bringing white hair. My wife would pluck it with a plucker. Pluck it and pluck it and pluck it. Until when I got fed up, I said that, why are you plucking my hair and inflicting pain upon me? Your pain could be tantamount to grievous bodily harm. I, I could sue you. She would, she would just take one something like this, like two, four, thumb, thumb. And I told her, don't make me a fake man. Leave me as original as I am. Because some years ago, all these eyebrows were black. I saw myself on video 25 years ago, 28 years ago in CFT. Uh, I saw some of these women now who are grandmothers. They are all there. They were there. The whole of their hair was black and shining. You don't need, uh, uh, what do you call it, to put on it to make it uh, shine black. It was shining. And the whole hair was full, but now they are using wig, you see, to cover all the encroachment, desert encroachment is happening and stuff like that. Now let me say something to you. And strange enough, all these children, I named them, I saw their mother conceived, I named them, I raised them. They are now having children, yes? So if I don't think that I'm closing, getting closer to my grave, I deceive myself. Boy, I'm flying away. For a new generation is growing and taking over from me. So are you. Why I'm saying that? Don't turn deaf ears to my words until your death. Because when you die, you can't change it. 
You can't. So to pray for the dead, that Father will pray for the dead, is so stupid. It's like praying for somebody after you have done examination and you drop your pen, you are praying for favor. No, you are supposed to read before exam. Listen to me, therefore. If you follow me, serve my God as I serve him. I was praying among you yesterday. I said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not talking about the God which my forefathers told me of, which they did. I'm not talking about the God who I read in the Bible alone, which I did. But I'm talking about the God who appeared unto me also. It comes by fellowship. To hear the voice of God comes by fellowship. Fellowship raises confidence and trust. Let me say this to you. I want to address this because I'll be doing an expo on this when I come back from my trip in Germany. Do you know that if you are in fellowship with somebody, you would love to see the person all the time. You would love to talk to the person all the time. You would love to obey the person all the time. You would not love to hear any other voice that can detract you from that fellowship. Yes? God wants fellowship. I will talk to you about this later on. Second thing is prayer. Verse 12 of Jeremiah. It says in verse 12 of Jeremiah, please, quick, 29. Who is on that stuff there? He says, and you will come and pray to me. And you will seek me with all your heart. And you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. That is what he's saying. After promising in verse 11. For I know my plan that I have towards you. Plans to not to harm you. But to give you future. Plans to prosper you. To give you hope and a future. The next thing God said is this. Then you will call, you will, you will call upon me. And come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. The next verse you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So prayer and seeking God. Now understand this. A man of prayer is not a man who prays in crisis. No. Really when crisis is coming sometimes God will reveal to you. I remember some time ago in CFT church. Just 1996. 95, where is it? No, it was 1994. The Lord one day took me into a vision. You know, at that time, CFT was blossoming. Everybody was coming, everybody was singing, and blah, 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 talking all over the whole place. We went to southwest England, built the whole of Devonshire, Cornwall, destroyed the past of Satan, went to Greece, you know, did many, many great manifestations and stuff, and moved to Togo, where God healed the madman of 40 years, and all stuff like that. And then the Lord took me into a vision and showed me three crises coming to this church and the Lord showed me the first crisis he shook the church as if the church was going to be scattered and then peace came and then he showed me another crisis it was greater than before 
And then peace came. The third crisis he showed me. The ground I was standing caved. And I was falling down the slope with all my members. And a shrub was standing. A shrub, little shrub. And I held that shrub. And my wife held my hand. All the members with me held themselves in chain. Though we were on a cliff, we were falling. But that shrub sustained all of us. That shrub is the truth that come out of my mouth. It sustained all of us. Come on. It sustained all of us. <laughs> And the wind blew over my head. And when the wind blew, we were lower than the height of the wind. So it touched nobody. And I saw when the wind came to my face, this was Lucifer in his anger. And after he has gone, the Lord Jesus appeared again. And the ground flattened. And he said, stand up. And I stood up, trusted myself, looked behind me. Those who were holding on in the chain, they were there. And he said to me, look before you, to the ends of the earth. When I looked, it was a plain field without a stone. And the Lord said that there's no more obstacle to you see me face to face. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> wow. He said there's no more obstacle. The first storm came, the second storm came, the third one came. That is the battle over this building. Listen to me. Fellowship with God. Who do you reveal your heart to? The person you love. Who do you reveal your nakedness to? He's the person you have fellowship with. God is seeking fellowship with men. And he wants you to pray to him. When God gives a promise, you pray. If you look at the people of Israel, God said to Abraham, they will serve 400 years in slavery. But they served for 30 years. Because at 400 years, they were groaning. If you groan against God, God don't hear groaning. He hears prayer. That is complaining I mean. When I say groaning, I mean complaining. Grumbling I mean. Grumbling, not groaning. Grumbling against God. Why me? Why me? It is you already. A problem that happened to you, you're asking why me, when you are the one who has the problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? Look, I'm a short man. At this age, how, can I be saying that, look at Elder West, eh? as tall as he is, oh God, why me? Why am I short? Why am I short? Elder Igbenosa, look at Elder Igbenosa. Lord, why am I short? The fact is that, that's me. I am just short. I only need to look at the pygmies of Congo Basin and discover that I'm a giant among them. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah? You don't ask God why me your problem, but ask him for solution. He is the Lord who teaches you what is best for you. Don't ask why the problem came. Ask for the way out, and he will give it to you. When you ask why me, why me, your problem remains. So for 430 years, another 30 years in the wilderness before they, they, they cried to God. And the Bible says when they cried to God, their cry went to God's hearing, and God sent Moses. Your deliverer, you will come if you can cry to God, not to man. Hey, prophet of God, hey, what about you? What's wrong with your mouth that you cannot prophesy? Prophesy to yourself and your situation. Listen to me, therefore. Prayer is your weapon. A Christian is not a person who prays when crisis comes. He prays always. Jesus said, pray, pray, pray. In the book of Luke 18, he says, he taught them this parable that man ought to pray and not give up. 
pray, pray. In Gethsemane, he says that, can you not watch just for an hour? Pray until your joy is full. Pray so that you will not fall. If the devil can take prayer from you, he can mess you up, my friend. In this church, there are four. Do we pray? Oh, yes. Every, every 7 p.m., Monday to Friday, people are here praying for you all. That's what we said. Every Friday evening, Naivigi, they have Naivigi here. That's what we said. Some people come here every Tuesday, and they study from Genesis to Revelation in New Cross. We have it three days. Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Shiloh Pillars, they call them. It comprises male and female. And they are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are praying and they are seeking God. Every Tuesday, you come here to study the Bible from chapter to chapter. Some of your members are coming. Where are you? Am I talking? What I'm saying, if you don't write it down, I'm going to ask you to regurgitate all what you have heard. Listen to me. In the same church, do you think all of us will reach heaven? And when God is now saying, ah, I look at your daddy when you were in Scratch Tabernacle. Every Saturday they went to evangelism. Yeah, it was your turn once in a month. And you always came. Oh, it is your turn on the prayer. And I saw you there all the time. Oh, look, this should have happened by the devil, but your prayer stopped it. That should have happened to that person by the devil, but your prayer stopped it. Do you think God will reward you who prayed together with the person who did not pray? Impossible. Nobody, 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 <laughs> nobody gets a degree by wishing those who went to university well. When they were going to university, you are clapping. And you are wishing them well. And at the end of on the graduation, they call your name. Even if they call your name, you will not think it's you. Because you never enrolled in that place. Hallelujah, somebody. This is a house that believes in the book of Acts. Pray so that you don't fall. And the last one is seeking God. Seeking God. Seeking God, and I'll give you a life of one character today, and we'll finish. A God seeker is a person of someone. Blessed is the man who works on the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the ways of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the will of the Lord. In the will of the Lord, he meditates day and night. And the Bible says, it shall be like a tree planted by the riverside. He grows his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither. Everything he does, he prospers. I learned this as a, as a kindergarten boy from the age of three, four. Blessed is a man who works not in the cancer of the wicked. You are looking at me. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In the law of the Lord, he meditates day and night. Do I didn't know what I was saying. But when I continue to grow and continue to understand meaning of words, I watch the friends I kept. I know that I cannot behave like other boys. And it kept me through my primary school. It kept me through my secondary school. I have no regrets of my past life. Not knowing that God was preparing me for such a time as this. Let me say this to you, therefore. I told you during the week, I think it's yesterday. A God seeker is your state of mind. Your attitude towards life. Somebody abused me here. Somebody wished me bad here. Why don't you think about those who wish you good? Listen to me. 
Somebody said this against me. Why don't you allow them to use their mouth to say what their reckless man wants to say? Does what people say about you make you? No, it doesn't make you. Those who get themselves involved in those attitudes are people who have nothing in life pursuing. If you have better things in life to think about, you won't think about offenses. Your brain, your brain always think about something that will add values. And I told you also, watch the friends that you flock with. Watch the friends you flock with. Your friends will make you or destroy you. If you flock with ungodly people, mediocres, evil talkers, malicious talkers, you will not fulfill destiny. You will not have joy in your life. Because anytime you go near them, Satan knows he will tune your frequency to what he wants. And as you hear evil things in your, spirit, in your ear, your mind develops evil and God cannot breathe upon it. You will have hurt against a man who is sleeping in his own house peacefully. You will be sleepless. Okay? And a man like that God cannot speak to. I told you uh, yesterday, if you have a friend that when you, whenever he sends you text, he'll be sending you rubbish, block that person away and tell him I blocked you, don't send me text again. Even if you come to the same church, really report that person to me so that I will face that person for you. I don't care who, comes, who decides not to come to CFT because those who come are those who want to be like me and I want to be like Jesus, full stop. I don't need so many people. I need people who are heavenly bound. We will achieve the division together. We will succeed together. We will not have a bad egg among us who is an example of failure in everything he does. Because he's just rebellious. Listen to me. Anybody who texts you, telling you about this brother, telling you about that brother, tell him that you are a devil. Don't text me again. Report the person so that we can isolate that person and, we, and deal with that person. Anyone that when you visit, the words they say will challenge your brain. He will challenge your life to be better in your marriage. He will challenge you as a woman to be better to your husband, as a husband to treat your wife better, as a man to achieve something good in life. To follow spiritual course and excel. That person, let him be your friend. Because blessed is the man who works in the counsel of godly. Counsel means advice. Every word you hear remain in your subconscious, waiting for manifestation. They are doing through gestation. I will together now. Be careful, the friends you follow. It also controls the word you speak. Association is very powerful in life. I will say that let's look at one character for the next 15 minutes. We will just go through this character, we will breeze through it. And I'm going to teach you deeper on different characters in the Bible where you can see these three things manifest. We're looking at Solomon this morning. If you look at the life of Solomon, when Solomon was about to be made king, the Bible says his father David told him in the book of First Corinthians and First Chronicles, chapter twenty-eight, verse eight. Verse eight says, "So now I charge you in the sight of all Israel." This is David charging Solomon, and of the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God. Can you see this? All Israel 
assembly of God's people and in the hearing of the one who lives forever and ever. What is the church? Be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord who your God. Hear me, Christ with Tabernacle. Some people teach nonsense. Don't follow them. Follow me. Follow me. You know why you should follow me? You follow me because you have to follow me. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. You don't have anyone to follow but me. <laughs> what is disciple? Disciple means apprentice. It comes from the word mathesis. Or disciple means apprentice. I will not follow a useless man. A useless man cannot tell you how to be useful in life. A failure cannot lead you to where you can make success in life. A person who has not seen God cannot tell you how God looks like. Are you with me now? Somebody who is afraid of demons and devil, he will only make breed fear into the whole of your, your, your existence. Follow me. I can be followed. Because I follow somebody whose name is Jesus. Not in my mind, but in life. Hey, yesterday I was talking about Moses, how God appeared to Moses and passed before Moses, and I talked about myself when the Father appeared to me. Just like Moses. Follow me. It is good to serve God. My God is not theory. He is the God of the Bible, doing the same thing today, and he has not changed. I don't follow friends, I follow Jesus. I was in a meeting over the weekend, uh, uh, the other week, and the minister was going to introduce me. He said that, uh, well, I want to introduce to you my spiritual father. He said, we all know many in London who started together with him. He said, but I know a man who has not changed his teaching. Number one. He said, I know a man who did not follow gang. <laughs> he didn't follow friends. Hallelujah. When they are criticizing ministers in the, tele- in the uh, internet, nobody can criticize me. I dare to differ. Or I beg to differ. I'm looking for the person who can be so full of himself to criticize what I teach. Nobody can, can accuse me of robbing somebody's wife. Oh, many years ago, he kissed my girlfriend. That is not my opportunity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nobody can. Nobody can. I didn't hug any woman than my wife. Amen. Uh-huh. Nobody can say that I stole their money or I took their money and I went to buy your somewhere, buy whatever they're buying. Let me say something to you. I don't bring you shame because what I'm teaching you is what I have followed with the Lord. And she said, though he had not followed anybody, but God had blessed him in this country. And we know God had blessed him in this city. He says, I will call that man my father. Welcome, Apostle, Apostle Williams. When I opened my mouth to speak, and I began to share the word of God with him. Not the word of theory. If I read the Bible, I must show it in my life. Paul says, I know a man who was singing to heaven. Whether in this body or not in this body, I do not know. But I know a man who was taken to the third heaven, who saw things that mouth cannot express. If I call myself an apostle and I do not have the same encounter, then I'm a counterfeit apostle. He says, let he that has money boast not of his money. Let he that has knowledge boast not of his knowledge. But let he that boast boast in the fact that he knoweth me, says the God of Israel. Listen to me. There is a God to be served. Obey all his commands. 
That is the key David gave to his son. He says, that you may possess the land. Possess this good and uh, this good land and pass it on to an inheritance to your descendant forever. If you obey God's command, you will not only possess the land and your destiny be fulfilled, but you will have in you know descendant to hand over your inheritance to who will hand over to their own children. It, your your descendant of inheritance shall not be ended. That is the word of the Lord. It says in verse 8, And you, my son, O Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father, acknowledge the God of your father, acknowledge the God of Apostle Williams, and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive. He searches every heart. He knows why you are in church today. When you are talking with your husband or wife and you have something different in your heart, he knows it. When you are talking with brothers and you have something different in your spirit, he knows it. God expresses everything. He knows the motive behind all your actions. Come on now. This is the God you stand before. That's the reason why a Christian who deceives himself or who thinks he's deceiving others is just stupid. You are before. The God between you and your friends and your household, he is there. Anything you say here, what you do outside here, he knows it, he recalls it. How come on now? Fear this God. That is the reason why he frustrates those who are wicked. He frustrates them. He will make sure they labor last minute, he will blow it out of their hand. He says so. He will make, he will make sure they labor and suffer, and then he will shut the door at the last minute. Whereas, he lifts up those who are obedient. He breaks doors before them. He destroyed the gates of brass and cut through the bars of fire. He opened the double doors before them that no man can shut. So, we owe only to obey God. I don't care about wealth. Hey, listen to me. Those who run after wealth now are all in trouble all over the world. Is it not so? There is a man now who is just going about publishing... Uh, some some ministers in Nigeria. That one face Nigeria. What about America? Eh? Is it only Nigeria they are buying jets? They have been buying jets in America before Nigeria woke up. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. And the man is now talking, talking. If you look at what he talks, some of the things he says are sensible. That the most of what he says are nonsense. I would gather that. I didn't buy jets among you. I will show you something here now. God told me one day, the day you employ bodyguard to guard you, I will withdraw my angels. Yes? And those of you who went with me to crusade in Nigeria, especially when we were doing crusade in the area infested by armed robbers, there was a road from the village called Ogiri to another town called Shagamu, and he went through a place called Iperu. And along that road, they have homes there. Police put homes there, well, the road people. And armed robbers are always standing there to rob people. I finished my crusade at 11. They came to me and I said, finish the crusade on time because, you know, the area is not safe. And I told that person who told me that, that Satan just spoke through you, you know, that I should finish crusade because of a robber. 
Who am I doing crusade for, if not for robbers? And I said to the, to the person, when the Lord finishes with me, any robber that Satan knows that he is a robber, he should send him to those who are coming out of my crusade. And let's see whether the God who sent me will be inactive. We finish. I will talk. Twelve, we are going. And the, you know, people, when they be running, when nobody is chasing them, I say, the sinner runneth when no man chases. Go slow. And we walk slow, drive slow, be humps. Whether the robbers are there, they didn't come out, I don't know. But we saw nobody. And people are saying that, hey, Apostle, what boldness do you have? I don't have boldness. I have relationship with the God. I will together now. I was doing crusade in, in a, a square called Evans Square with Pastor Anu Josiasi. Go and ask him. When I was preaching, an armed robber came to rob a car outside the compound. And the Holy Spirit said through me, you that armed robber, I arrest you in the name of Jesus. And the man froze with his gun. Okay? I'm not giving testimony that could not be verified. Pastor Anu Josiasi, Apostolic Church. And so... I didn't know that he was arrested, and I kept on preaching. Okay? At the time I finished preaching, I gave altar call, and in the midst of the crowd, there was commotion. What is commotion? Pastor Nojo went there, and he said, Pastor, 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 a man with a gun. I said, bring him to me. The man was holding his gun. He could not put it in his pocket. And the angels were pushing him like that. It's the second time I was seeing angels push man. Third, third time, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the person that was in the front, why are you pushing me? He's not going, hey, and he ran. You know, Lagos. They cleared the way for him. And the man came. I said, put down your gun. What's your problem? He said, I'm an armed robber. He said, we were nine in my gang. They killed the eight two weeks ago. And I escaped. And I said, so, and you came again to rob? He said, after two weeks, I didn't have work to do. I was afraid. He said that it was a shootout, so they killed all of them. He ran. And he said that this, the, thing, the, the mind was telling me, go and rob in that crusade. And I said, okay, if I go to crusade, no, there will be no police. I can just take one car and I will have some food. He said, as I opened the car with the master key, I heard your voice. You said, you that I'm robber, I arrest you in the name of Jesus. He said, and something held me like a magnet. And I could not move until you finished preaching. He said, when you finish preaching, and he said, if you want to accept Jesus, come to the front. He said, something was pushing me. He said, don't you see, they were pushing me. <laughs> I said, Holy Ghost push you, Bobo. God saved you for your life to be saved. Will you accept Jesus? No, I will accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And he accepted Jesus Christ. When they went to my friend Elisha, and they surrounded him, and his servant said, he said, Dad, we are finished. He said, you are not finished. He said, Lord, open his eyes. And when the servant saw chariots of fire around, he told him, Greater, more are those who are with us. That's the God I serve. Amen. Listen to me, therefore. God told me, Alfred, if you take a bodyguard to guard you, I will take your guard. The same thing with jets. No matter how rich this church is, the most nonsensical thing that could happen, which will never happen in the midst of intelligent people like us, is for a pastor to go and buy jet. Did British Airways pack up? 
The Virgin Atlantic said they can't carry me anymore. Why will I not buy jets? You know it. The Prime Minister of England didn't have jets. The former Prime Minister didn't have jets. So where am I getting my own jet for? My leaders don't have jets here. What are you using jet for? You are buying jets where people are hungry? Listen to me. Two things I want to help you understand here. This man Solomon, I will come back to the jet matter. Before we end. This man Solomon, the father said, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father, and serve him with wholehearted devotion, and with a willing mind. To, for the Lord searches every heart, and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, you will find him. He will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you. Now let's look at that man Solomon. Number one. First Corinthians chapter, second Chronicles chapter one. Verse 1, he says, Solomon, son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom, for the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. Did God not fulfill what he said? Come on now, did God not fulfill what he said? The father says, serve God, the God of your father, okay? And then you will prosper. And this Bible tells me that and Solomon, you know, succeeded in all what he's doing, because God was with him. Now go further. First, Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 1. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and all his royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind, in, in mind to do, in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night. The first thing was that he was successful in his career as a king. The second thing was that everything he had in his heart about the temple, to build the temple, he built it. And after finishing building the temple, he decided to build his own palace and he built it. And everything he conceived in his head, if you give your force to God, then God will give his best to your second. Many of you chase shadow. I told them in New Cross, if you are a Christian and you are working, 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 and your work is taking you from church, uh, may God deliver you from such work. I didn't hear amen. No? People who are not up to you, they don't work their life out like that, and they are earning more than double of your income. Unless the Lord build a house. God can show you the way if you ignore him. Permanent night is really unjust, unfair, unreasonable. I think if you examine it thoroughly, it's illegal. It is a conspiracy to disorient humanity. If you are doing shifts, we understand that. But permanent night, how can you imagine a woman not sleeping in her marital bed in the night? Or a man not sleeping in his marital bed in the night. When the Bible says that you should sleep on your marital bed. When, look, children wake up in the morning to see father and mother helping them to go to school. And your own portion is night, 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 night work. I mean, consider it now. That is not a good job now. It's not permanent. That is not a good job. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your family. It's not good for your spiritual. 
So if that is your own job, you better begin to pray. Before December ending, that God should show you the way. Uh-uh. There is, there is something I want to say now. It's not in English language. <laughs> you don't understand me. Eh? It's not in English language. Should I say it? <laughs> I think English language has it. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes. The race is not meant for the swift. Yes, it is only, it's only in the Bible. It says, Kirakita Odola, Lani. The race is not meant for the, for the swift. Neither does well come to the, to the wise. It says, it says, time and chance. That is God. The time is determined by God. The chance is given by God. This man obeyed God. He sought God. God established him. Not only that, he was able to do everything in his heart to do. God gave him the ability. And then God appeared to him. What a great grace. Look at 1 Kings chapter 10, 23 to 29. God made Solomon great. King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all other kings of the earth. The whole world sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom God has put in his heart. Verse 25 says, Year after year, everyone who came brought a gift, article of silver and gold, robes, weapons, spices, horses, and rulers. Listen to this man. 29 says, Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and the rest of it. So this man, God blessed him so much. That people from all over the world, they are coming to him. You must be relevant in your family. You must be relevant in your, among your relatives. You must be relevant in the house that you are living. You must be relevant in your streets. You must be relevant in your community. You must affect your borough. You must affect your city. You must affect your nation. The way to it is to seek God. Is to seek God with a plain conscience. Don't play don't play wise before God, who sees the motive of your heart. It's not good to tell a story when I used to have money. Isn't it? Come on now. Is anybody who loves to be telling stories when I used to have money so that you don't have money anymore? It's not a good story. Am I speaking English? I can't hear you answer me. So, can it be good to also say, when I used to know God, that is even worse. So, if you seek God, he will be found by you. David said, if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, let me end up by helping you know this. This man, Solomon, at the age of 30, he became a king. Before he was made a king, the Bible says his father provided everything he ever needed. His father told him to build a temple. He said, you don't need anybody to give you a dime. I have given everything necessary to build it. The plan, approval, everything, the money, materials, it's all waiting for you. Just go build it. Because you are the one God ordained to build it. Okay? And then he told him, the key is this. It says, seek the God of your father. Seek the God of your father. If you come under me and you have another father outside, you don't belong to me. I would mean now, spiritual I'm talking about. 
If you come under me, I have another spiritual father who instructs you, who you follow. You don't belong to me. When God visits me, he won't visit you. Because everybody, when God visits a house, he visits the father and he visits all the children of the house. Anybody out of the, uh, the house, God don't visit them. Know that for a principle. Because or else, when God speaks to me and I tell you, the, those other fathers may challenge what you have had and begin to introduce heresies into you. And of course, the fact is that you may be sending money to them. You phone them when you are sick, whether they will come. No, phone them. You say ministry, phone them when they are sick. And say, I'm a partner to your ministry, please, I'm sick. You won't even be able to speak to their secretary. That is no father. That's a waste of money, resources, and assets. Are you with me now? Acknowledge the God of your father, serving with wholehearted devotion. With wholehearted devotion. With wholehearted devotion. And David says that if you seek him, you will find him. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. You will never be forsaken by God. Look at what ended up with Solomon. This is not good. This is why we are stopping today. What ended up? First Kings chapter 11 verse 1. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women. Association. Besides Pharaoh's daughter. Moabites, Amorites, Edomites, Sidonian, and Hittites. Let me say this to you. Listen to me, you church. You met somebody on the chairs here, doesn't mean you should marry them. Are we together now? In the church are vessels, you remember? Some are noble, some are ignoble. There are still some we are trying to work on them. If you are a Christian and you are in church and you are very committed... You don't go and say, as a woman, say yes to a man who is not committed. Neither will you say yes, go and approach a woman who is not committed. Because it will pull you down. You don't even know what their decision is. If you are an achiever as a woman, a man comes to you, don't just say, let me patch him up. I'm getting late. No. Make sure that the man is an achiever too. Because a woman is a helpmate. So if a person who is a busy woman, an achiever, and a front-looking woman marries a, woman, a man who is a, is a loafer, what will you help? You have nothing to help. There will be conflict in that marriage throughout the life. I will together now. Understand this. This man went and married the Amorites. Foreign women. The Bible says in verse 2, They were from nations about which the Lord had told Israel. You must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast on them in love. Can you see that? May you not love those who will destroy you. May your love not go for women or men who will take you away from your God and destiny. Look, every man of great destiny that, 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 that crashed... It was wrong association that killed them. Women killed them. And men who had great destiny and fulfilled, women helped them. Women are not distressed. It's a matter of God said to Solomon, open your eyes before you say you want to marry. And God was so good and fair. He said, you see, from these countries, don't marry because they are idol worshippers. If you think I will convert them, they will convert you, God said to him. Don't die. You cannot give your hand in marriage to devil, to, to an idol worshiper or an ungodly person, and deny Satan to be your father-in-law. He will solemnize you. He will be on your wedding day. He will be the one who will collect the dowry from your hand. This is what the Bible is saying. 
This man had been blessed so much by God, but he went to a woman who will wreck his life. He went to a woman who will turn his eyes away from the God of Israel. If there is any woman or any man who always complains about members, this member did this, this member did this, you better carry your bag and baggage around for your life. They are not the kind of people you can marry. Or you meet somebody who is always saying that this one doesn't love me, that one doesn't love me. It, the same way we say to you, you don't love him. Because if a man's way pleases God, the Bible says, God will let people, even his enemies to make peace with him. As a child of God, you want to seek to marry a solid child of God. Let me say this to you. Love goes sour. Kisses go sour. If you are kissing the wrong mouth, you kiss at the beginning, it looks good. When the real self inside come out and you recognize that this is far away from what I look for. You can't back off. You can't back off. God told Solomon, don't marry from them. I told you, relationship destroy. But Solomon went ahead and married. And when he married, look at verse 6. He says, so Solomon did evil. The man that God appeared to, he did evil. The man that God blessed with money, he did evil. The man at the age of 30, nobody knows him. When they made him a king, he was saying, how can, I, how can I run this government? Lord, I'm too small, I'm a small boy. Help me, Lord, help me, Lord. Who prays all the time, prays all the time. And God appeared to him. Did God not know that he would denounce him eventually? God did know. But yet God was still faithful when he was faithful. To establish that God will not change for any man. Any man. Now let me zero into this. You see all these ministers who started by preaching righteousness and they were preaching God all the time and preaching Jesus and suddenly they begin to preach money. Do you know what caused them? Association. I beg you to listen to me. It's association. When they move with people going to heaven, they preach heaven. When they began to allow people going to hell to come to their pulpit, gradually Satan introduced destructive heresy. Second, Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, you know, took place. If you look at their mouth, when they are preaching Jesus, the moment they want to go to this money issue, their mouth shape will change. They, they will do like that. They are, they are about to lie. Their body, their body composure will change. Guilt will, you can see guilt in their, in their approach. Are you with me now? About giving, God makes it clear in Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 8 and chapter 9. He says everybody should give according to what he decided. To be telling people to give and such monstrous money. Of course, I saw one too that in the week he was asking people to give 1 billion in Nigeria, 100 million, and I put my hand in my head. I said, this one also has gone. This one also has gone. Listen to me. There is a form of godliness, but righteousness cannot be compromised. Many of them I warned at the beginning. Look, I prayed a prayer for you when I was praying here now. I said, God, I thank you that we don't need to bring a miracle worker to CFT for us to see miracle. It happens here. We don't need to bring a prophet to hear God. No, we hear God here. If there is a spirit of prophetic, it is here. We don't need to bring a teacher to hear the word of God. We have the teaching spirit here. Pulpits that expose themselves. Idols have been brought to the pulpits. A man of integrity, 
a man of righteousness before you know it. The more, he said, the more the priests enlarge, the more they sin against me. Because of association. I will have been bringing ministers, guest ministers every month. And he will have been collecting money from all of you. And at the end of it, we share it. Yes? But there's a God who sees the motive. Let me say something to you. I'm going to reply to those people. How said that? I will warn you, my church, be careful of these people too who are attacking them on, on, the, on the social media. Don't listen to any nonsense. You see on the social media, talk about people are riding jets in Nigeria. They are collecting billions and all stuff like that. It, is, it happened in the time of Paul. We've had them in the time of Paul. Let me read that to you, Joe. Look at the book of um, Second Peter. Second Peter, yes. Let me read this to you. Don't, don't, you see, the reason why, you know, for Christians who are listening to me, the reason why you don't need all those nonsense is this. I've told you, anything you commit your, your, your time to should be something that will add value to your success. Somebody came and said that all these ministers of Nigeria are, are thieves, and he began to mention their name, mention their name, mention their name, mention their name, and you two are listening. And then he talked about the one who bought four jets, he talked about the one who bought three jets, he talked about the one who bought two jets, he talked about the one who bought one jet, he talked about the one who is planning to buy jet, he talked about the one who took somebody else's wife, he talked about the one who married this, uh, this, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, listening guy in the church, he talked about the one who did. Now, all those things you are, ha- you are hearing, are they from the Holy Spirit? Are they testimonies? Okay, now, let me ask you. How will you spend one hour listening to those rubbish? Tell me one good thing that you gained there that can help your life. Nothing. Okay, now let me say this to you. If <laughs> you spend one hour listening today, and somebody reply tomorrow, another one hour. Next tomorrow, another one hour. The three hours you lost for the past one week, can you regain it till death? You cannot. So I'm saying that to say to you this, that look, this thing now we have had it. Don't waste your time on them anymore. Don't waste your time on them anymore. Especially people who will tell you about information about these people, but they cannot play the live program where those people did those things. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Somebody says something is live. You can hear from his mouth. That's an evidence. But somebody said, somebody said. There's no evidence. Do you know why the devil is... Is the devil bringing that to the church now? He wants to detract your own attention from your God. Okay? Satan has been messing about before we were born. He's messing about now and he will mess about after we have gone. What is important for you to look for? What? Yourself. What? Can you hear that will cause you to manifest Christ in you? There are testimonies of people healed all over the world by the power of the Most High. There are testimonies of people who had encounters with God. It's on, on the internet too. You can listen to those ones and you can be fired up spiritually. You can listen to information. I was saying this yesterday. You know, no matter what career you are, you need to read other careers. I am studying medicine now, you know. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, Mercy. Let me say something to you. I promise you on the pulpit one day. I will see the doctor down one day and I will teach him on an area that he has his major. Because you don't need to go to medical school now to study medicine. Download, you'll find all the information about medical science. And read this computer science. You don't need to go to a medical computer science. Download, you will. Law, download, you will find cases. You will find legal studies. Because the world is advancing. If you are a doctor, you need to know law, you need to know computer science, you need to know sociology, you need to know philosophy, you need to know, where you see all what you need to know, you do social studies, you need to do on social studies, you need to do administration and all and stuff like that. Have every knowledge that necessary. Because you see, if you spend your time listening to this garbage, that time if you have listened to a career, you have added value to your life. Are we together now? So, hear this. Where does it come from? Second Peter 2, verse 1. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Now look at these false teachers. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord, who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of the truth into what? Disrepute. That's what is happening now. That's what is happening now. Association. See, those people who are bad now, they are not bad before. They don't preach money before. They preach salvation. But when today they brought somebody to come and teach them on on um, firstborn, redemption of firstborn, and they saw how they collected money, Satan will open your eyes, ooh, money. Then, teach me about this redemption of firstborn. And they began to teach error. Because they make money. Do you know something? The day you and I die, let them put jet in your hand and bury you with it. If they give you the key of your safe, can you open it? And yet, all our own generation will die soon. Well, we will die soon. At 20 years, many of us are gone. If we remain, it's with ache and pain daily. So why would you allow a temporal thing to destroy eternal thing? The Bible says they will introduce this. Many will follow their shameful ways. Look at verse 3. In their greed. So greed is behind their teaching. These teachers will exploit you with stories that have, they have made up. Stories. Their condemnation has, been long, has long been hanging over them. I talk to both those who are talking. And I talk to both those who are taking money unscrupulously. If anybody says in England, 12 people should give a billion here. Taxman will knock your door at the end of the year. Yes, I'm telling you. They did that to one minister in London. That they, the emotion was going to trouble. He didn't collect a billion, but he raised 1,000 pounds, and the tax people came to ask, what did you do with the money? They, 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 the Home Office banned some American ministers from coming here because of such. They banned some Nigerian ministers because of bringing money laundering. Are you with me now? In London, those of us who are ministers in London, we pay tax, pay why that's what I am. Are you with me now? And if we are giving gift, we must declare it every year. 
an accountant has to audit our account and send it to the tax office every year. Be careful. Greed is the pioneer. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you. Exploitation is the result of greed. They will exploit with stories they have made up. But for those teachers, the Bible says their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. So what do we do for them? Pray for them. If a whole Solomon, as mighty as he was, can end up an idol worshiper and lost everything God has given to him, that tells you and I this. Let he that stand take heed. Association can make you. Association can destroy. May God not let you get involved in association that will destroy your life. I beg you to listen to me. You know, Apostle Williams, you can knock my door any minute. I have nothing to fear. I told them in Nigeria, when they were talking nonsense, they said, all the ministers are thieves. You know, when they say that when I'm there, I laugh. And I told them that, look, that is wrong. That is not true statement. Some ministers are thieves. Not all ministers are thieves. You see, all of them start church because they're looking for money. I said, no. I followed a man who, the Bible says that after he had built the temple of the Lord, then he looked for building house. He didn't build a house. I said to them, I don't have land in Nigeria. My mother land. One piece of land I don't have. I've never bought a land. What will I buy land for? Do I live there? My members who have houses... Have they rejected me from staying in their house when I go? And if they do, I will stand in the street and call for the angel that will tell me where to live. If at my level I want to buy a castle over the years and build mansion in every part of the most beautiful place in Nigeria, I will. I don't have land in Nigeria. This is 2017, December the what? After he had built the temple of the Lord. Now this place is built. Then I can build my house now. This is the example of the Lord. What I think about is, if I bought houses in Nigeria, which I could have done, who will live there? I don't go to Nigeria all the time. Maybe in the past once in a year or twice in a year. So what will happen to the house? So I told the guy that don't talk nonsense here. And moreover, not all of us are frustrated and then we go to preach. Okay? I said, never you say a thing like that. But I will say this to say to all of you. The reason why all of you, because a good number of you are going to be ministers in the future. You must be qualified to the place you are by when people dig up your box. They will not see any Pandoras there. The more they dip into you, the more they be scared. Because that guy, I told that guy things that he, he felt ashamed to speak. I don't, I don't have to speak about that here now. I spoke to him that he was ashamed that he ever mentioned that. Because we are not all stupid. They have, they have spoiled the work of the Lord. You and I have to repair the fallen tent. And the way we can do it is to get more knowledge. Read more. Acquire more. Knowledge. 
If you are doing business, face your business quietly. Be clean in your business so that they will not have any point of law against you. So when God calls you and sends you out, it's not a matter of somebody frustrated somewhere who cannot make both ends meet and he's promising others to follow him. The blind will lead the blind. They will fall into pit. Let's stand up together and pray. I want us to lift our voice together and pray. You know, one prayer I want to pray today is very simple. That the Lord should guide us in choosing relationship. Relationship destroys Solomon. God loves Solomon. A woman took Solomon from God. Brought Solomon into idol. Stopped Solomon from going to the temple of God. And began to go to the temple and shrines of Satan. You are going to pray for yourself. You are going to pray for your children. That father, any relationship that can destroy me. Lord, take it out from me. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Any relationship that can kill you. That will take you from destiny or take you from God. May the Lord destroy forever. May, may some relationship never see the light of day. Because they come like angels. But underneath their clothing is the devil. Messengers of Satan sent to pull down the elect of God. May they be frustrated and may they never succeed over your life. Pray and tell the Lord. God appeared to Solomon. Solomon became very rich and wealthy, but a woman shipwrecked him. He had been pre-warned. If you love God and you serve him, God will serve you. If you turn away from him, he will forsake you. And God said, do not have association to do with wickedness or wicked people. But association destroyed him after he became so prosperous. Pray and tell God, Lord, when you bless me and you establish me and I'm so prosperous, help me not to change. Help me not to change before you, O oh God. Pray that God will protect you. Pray also for discernment. So that when people try to mislead you, you will know it. You will not respect uh, a relationship as to dishonor God. The Bible says, my son, when sinners entice thee, do not consent. Pray for the power not to consent to sin. Oh Lord my King. Let my attitude be that of a godly person. Pray. Let my attitude be that of a godly person. Pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Help me not to shipwreck in my life. Make me a blessing unto humanity. Tell the Lord. Have mercy upon my soul, O God. Now begin to pray concerning destiny. Pray that Lord give me a listening ear and a hearing heart. Because it says, I'm the Lord thy God who teaches you what is best for you. Help me to follow your best teaching, O God. I want, to, I want to listen to you alone. I want to shut my ears from anything contrary to God. Give me a heart to hear you, Lord. Give me a heart to submit to you. A heart to follow you, Lord. Do not let my problem dictate my life anymore. Tell God, let the Holy Spirit guide my life. 
It says, I will direct you in the way you ought to go. Father, I pray for mercy. Moses said, teach me your ways, O God, that I may continue to know you and find favor before you. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' anointed name we have prayed. I can hear your amen. Amen. That which you have prayed to the Lord, I stand in agreement with you and declare them manifest. May the Lord bless your soul. May the Lord bless your spirit. May the Lord bless your heart. Whatever is your desire in life that the Holy Spirit has put into you, may heaven support you and bring you to fulfillment in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. According to the word of the Lord, it says, seek the Lord where he can be found. Call upon him when he's near. This is the time God can be found. This is the time that he's near. As there is confusion all over the nations, I ask that direction will come to you. In the midst of all these calamities and woes, this is the time God will raise your head high. God will give you idea that will prosper. God will give you idea that will turn your life around. In spiritual, the Lord will anoint you with power. I say authority of heaven will stand upon your lips. The grace that came upon Solomon, that people were looking for him all over the whole world. They came to him. He did not go to them. I invoke that grace to rest upon you. In whatever mandate God has given you from heaven, God will establish you. And he will let his glory come upon you that people will begin to look for you all over the area. That your skill and ability will outstand your contemporaries. May the Lord strengthen you. The remaining weekdays of this month, may God open the book of remembrance concerning you. I say God will open the book of remembrance concerning you. I say God will open the book of remembrance concerning you. In whatever you do, in the area of process of life, you will prosper. Yeah. The testimony of this church is not complete until yours is added. Yeah. May the Lord visit you before the end of December. Yeah. I say, may the Lord visit you before the end of December. Yeah. God will turn your water into wine. Yeah. He will turn your misery into celebration. Yeah. Every area that does have been shot against you, I decree that in this month of December, God will open the door before you. Yeah. He will go before you and break down the gates of bronze. He will take every limitation from before you. Every hindrance before you shall be taken away. The Lord will make a way for you where there is no way. And He will give you the understanding to pass through the way. So shall it be unto you. And so it is. Anybody that has sickness in his body, I command your body to respond to healing. It is written, however, there shall be none in Zion that shall say, I am ill. And so illness, I command it to be taken out. Health from heaven received. By the blood of Jesus, you are made whole. Father, I thank you because it's done. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with hands given. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of heaven. Hallelujah forevermore.